Hi, I'm Jason Barger, and I'm a strange, pale, bald guy, also an author, speaker, consultant, founder of Step Back Leadership Consulting, and you are listening to The Slapcast. Welcome, everyone. We have such a treat today with our guest, Jason Barger. More on him in a moment. Now, this intro and our outro are actually redos of the original podcast that we recorded a while back. Now that we, along with the rest of our fellow man, find ourselves in the midst of COVID-19, we need to edit some of the info that we previously gave. So here we go. Now, first, we are holding a public session this month called Care to Influence. Care to Influence is our model of leadership inspired by servant leadership and it's focused on the individual contributor. So much of leadership development is focused on those who lead others, but how can we better lead ourselves at work? So whether you lead others or not, Care to Influence is for you. And what used to be a one-day in-person event is now a two-day virtual session on Zoom. Like many of you, you are working from home, you are conducting business from home, and that's what we are doing with our public workshop. So the sessions are Wednesday, April 22nd, and Thursday, April 23rd. Both days are from 9 to 12. So we took a six-hour in-person event, and we're splitting it into two days, three hours each. But the registration is still the same. You go to relayleadership.com slash care to influence, all one word for all the details and registration. That's relayleadership, R-E-L-A leadership.com slash care to influence. Okay. Just a reminder, you can find this podcast where all podcasts are found. Please do us a favor, like, and subscribe and share this with your friends. We just so appreciate that kindness. And if you want to reach us, you can find us at Relay Leadership on all the socials. And of course, our email, slapcast at relayleadership.org. I'd like to mention real quick, Jonathan, since it's just me and you right now, uh, and we don't have our guests here like we normally do. It just occurred to me, and I'm kind of embarrassed, but any of our listeners can join the Care to Influence training session because it's not in person. So if you listen from afar and you're not in Columbus and every time you hear me talk about our sessions, you're like, shucks, I can't go to that. Well, now you don't have an excuse. (laughs) Um, Also this month, Leadership Forum on the 29th, which keynote Jason Barger, our guest today, uh, he is on the Slapcast. This event was also supposed to be in person. And thanks to our friends at Platinum TDM, Leadership Forum is now a live interactive version virtual event. We're going to be on this sort of sound stage, and of course, we'll be six feet apart. Uh, some nice cameras, a nice stage, and we're going to be simulcasting Leadership Forum via, you, you'll have a link where you can join the simulcast, and you'll also be able to catch it on Facebook Live and YouTube all at the same time. So there's multiple ways that you can join in with Leadership Forum this year. Our theme is leading engagement and Jason's specialty is culture. So he's gonna be talking engagement from that angle. I can't wait for you to hear more. The best part, everyone, listen up. This event, normally when it was an in-person event, about a hundred bucks a ticket. I think they started at like $89 for early bird and then they top out at 120, right? So about a hundred bucks a ticket. Guess what we're doing? We did something kind of crazy. It's free. That's right. Not even $1. It's free. So if you're listening to this and you don't live in Columbus, and if you do live in Columbus, 
uh, you need to attend this virtual event. It's going to be amazing, and you're going to be really surprised. We have lots of delights and surprises for you to keep you engaged, even though it's virtual, and we're not going to be able to see each other literally face-to-face. It'll just be on screens. Um, so no matter where you listen to this podcast from, you can attend Leadership Forum for $0. Stay tuned at the end so that you can hear how to register. All right, welcome back, everyone. And Jason, welcome to you. This is the best day of my year. I'm glad to be here with you, Shannon. Well, it's only February, but I, I will take that <laughs> as a compliment. Um, so it's really good to have, well, we're recording in February, but this is technically April <laughs> in Magic Podcast Land. <laughs> I, it's so sunny outside, and oh, with all it that wasn't sleet on the, on the way here. <laughs> yes. So maybe if we say that enough, it'll happen. It might. It's sunny. Anyway, um, you speak all over the world. Yes, I follow ma'am. you on social media. I stalk you, basically. <laughs> and I love seeing all the places that you go. You're an author, consultant, coach. You focus on leadership development, culture shaping, right? Yep. And specifically clarity around things like vision, mission, values. The name of your company, as you said in the intro, is Step Back Leadership Consulting. And that's actually where I want to start. Okay. I'm curious. I actually know the answer. Hint, hint. But <laughs> take us back a little bit. Explain to us where Step Back Consulting comes from, like that name. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Back to the strange, pale, bald guy. Uh, So back in 2008, which was a great time to, you know, quit your job and take a (laughs) leap. You know, most people (laughs) looked at me like I was crazy, but uh, especially with a wife and two young kids, I, I now have three Children. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. But, uh, yeah. I would love to have been home that night around the kitchen table. When Honey Jason comes home and says, hey, I've got this great idea, (laughs) dear. I've got this amazing idea that's totally crazy. But (laughs) listen, uh, no, to my wife Amy's credit, who's a wonderful human, said uh, when I pitched this idea of we had processed me stepping out of my job and then this idea of me writing a book, which at the time that's all it was, and then this idea that I was going to go spend seven days living in seven different airports across the country and write this book that was called Step Back from the Baggage Claim, Change the World, Start at the Airport. And uh, to her credit, she looked at me and she said, good, you should go, you know? <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> I think she wanted me to just get out of the house. But no, she, she, <laughs> she, she gave her blessing and said, this is a great idea. Even when we had no idea, I'd never written a book. I didn't know what that meant and certainly didn't think that this was going to be where my was going to kind of launch us on the next decade of our lives and beyond. But uh, so the idea of stepping back from the baggage claim, this metaphor that became very rich to me, I thought was very interesting. This idea that metaphorically, uh, like literally around baggage claims that I watched in seven cities across, you know, seven airports across the country of people rushing to the baggage claim, knocking each other out of the way to grab their bag, their space, their whatever they were was so more important. And to watch this, but then thinking, what does that mean metaphorically for the way that we move throughout the world every single day? Mm-hmm. And this idea of stepping back 
And then certainly the message of the book of stepping back from the baggage claim to be more purposeful, to think about how we move, think about how we see, and think about what actions are to come. Then this idea of step, so step back leadership consulting is this idea that I, I truly believe in a world that's very frenetic right now, that the best leaders, teams, and organizations are the ones that actually create time to step back and be thoughtful about what is their, what are they trying to accomplish and what are their next steps. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you write this book. Yeah. And actually wrote it. Then people are like, <laughs> you got to come talk about this. Did you start talking about culture then, or was it more along these lines? Yeah. So, uh, it, and it, I'd like to believe it's all puppy dogs and ice cream. Shannon. <laughs> I know. You know, like the, the, in fact, I just did a speech, uh, for a company not too long ago and they were asking, they wanted me to talk about the beginning days of launching this idea. And, uh, yes, you write a book. Um, I was passionate about the message of the book, the spirit of the book, the purpose of the book, and not just that I wrote a book. I was passionate about and, and impassionate about the message. But the first few places that you go, you'd like to think it's all puppy dogs and ice creams. It's just because you wrote a book that people should care about what you right. have to say. And the reality is, is that people, you know, okay, so what? You wrote a book. Like, who cares? And I remember the, one of the very first speeches that I gave, uh, this organization had set it up. They'd been promoting that this guy that wrote this really interesting book is coming to speak. They'd asked me to speak. I think this is an amazing thing. I show up. They lead me into this organization, down into the basement uh, where they were having this event. I come walking down there, and literally there were six people. Oh, my gosh. Six. <laughs> Six humans sitting there, and I'm looking around. They've Was been this a paid gig? Promoting it. Yeah, it's a paid gig. Wow. I'm looking around, like, wondering, like, what's what's happening? I mean, they weren't paying me much, but this is the very but beginning. But still, I gig. don't know if there's n- enough money to handle that ego blow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six people. But, but you know. <laughs> I've so been there, by the way. It's I've not been there. all puppy dogs and ice creams, no. especially from the beginning. But what it did do is, uh, you know, it uh, is the way that anything has to begin. Yeah is that you then, again, it's not about a book, and it's not about you, but it is about what is the message and the spirit and the purpose of why you wrote this and the message behind it. And then the challenge is, can you engage the minds and hearts of those six people? And from that very beginning, uh, that's the way it it began. And then what's been wonderful is now uh, that's, if you engage the minds and hearts of those six, it leads to the seven and the eights and people all around the world. And now I've been lucky to speak in eight different countries around the world and across the country for organizations and brands that are iconic kind of brands. But it's still the same thing. It's being able, can you engage the minds and hearts of people to say, what are you trying to do? How do you move throughout the world? What do you want to be a part of? And it wasn't always culture to your question, but it was this idea of stepping back to move. And then where I began to see people began to take it was, so what does this mean for me as an individual leader? Mm-hmm. And what does this mean for the team and organization and the culture that we're creating? Yeah, because when we step back, right, depending on your personality type, so I'm a type A, <clears throat> stepping back, I'm also, can we go into all the assessments? Yeah. Achiever. <laughs> I'm, my number one strength is, a, is achiever. Yeah, you're, so, you are an achiever. So... Stepping back can feel like to someone like me, um, a lack of inertia. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough. I've since learned that this really just comes from fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. not no enough. Doubt. But but what are some reasons that keep people? What are the barriers to stepping back and really 
evaluating our landscape no before doubt. we rush in. What, what, yeah, what yeah, keeps yeah. people from that? So, well, I think we've bought into this myth, by the way. Culturally, I think we have personality types aside. I mean, all different personality types approach it slightly differently, of course. But we bought into this myth that the further, the faster I run, the further I get. Yeah. We bought into this myth that if I just, and especially if you are oriented as more of a type A or an achiever type of person, you're oriented to run, to taskmaster, to get things done. And yet sometimes we buy into this idea that then my value and my role is just getting things done. And yet we start to equate that if I'm busy and just checking things off the list, that that means I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet the reality, yeah, you're laughing because you know this to be yeah, true. Yeah. But the reality is, and I believe this for Shannon Lee, but I also believe this for every human on the planet, myself included, is that we are better when we actually create space to first step back. And there is a time and a place, believe me, I, I, I am also a, I'm a, you know, in the, the strengths finder, I'm an activator, I'm a maximizer. Mm-hmm. I'm belief is one of my biggest strengths because I got to believe in what I'm doing right? But then I want to activate it. I want to maximize it. So, but all of us are more effective when we're able to step back and reach and start with purpose. Why are we even doing this? To gain the perspective of who am I counting on to execute this strategy and how is it that we're going to move? And then what is progress going to really look like? And it's not just checking the box, but are we truly spending our energy and doing the tasks that are actually moving the needle? Yeah. And so moving from that busyness to effectiveness. Yeah, and you can't sometimes tell. You can't sometimes get the answer to that question until you step back and evaluate. That's right, because right? We, we, we're, we're so close we're to doing. it. And we're just getting these habits of grinding and grinding every single day. And so I watch this with you know, high-level, you know, key senior leadership teams. I see this across entire organizations. Wonderfully talented, amazing people. But we all fall into that pattern of doing the same thing we've always done and or just our own mode of operation, but yet we're always better when we stop and we step back. The reason why the tagline of Step Back Leadership Consulting is step back to move forward mm-hmm. is we have to step back and take that breath and make sure we're aligned. And then that effort that we spend actually propels us forward. And so counterintuitive, we think if we just run faster, we'll get further. And so we can't take the time to stop and step back. It seems like a waste of time. Right. You're going to lose ground. But the reality is we actually move ourselves forward by doing it. That's interesting. Um, I really didn't come into believing in that concept until I would say maybe the last five years. Okay. But I wasn't even aware of the alternate reality, meaning... I didn't even realize that that's what I believed, that I believed that you work harder, you do more, and if you achieve, that's where your worth comes from. Yeah. You get accolades from people, people say good job, and, and actually now I refer to it as heroing, Yeah. yeah which, is, yeah, yeah. which is actually a part of a terrible cycle where if I'm the hero, then that means someone else is, the, is usually the villain, because uh-huh. I have to step in and fix something. Right. I have to, in quotation marks. Yeah. And if I'm not playing the hero, then usually my part in that triad then is I end up being the victim. And so when I'm heroing, I, I vacillate between hero and victim uh-huh. because I'm heroing because you dropped the ball and I'm a victim because you dropped the ball and I have to hero for you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so woe is me. And once I realized that that was the cycle, the cycle. that I was in, yep. yeah, I stopped doing that. 
Mm. I stopped heroing. I stopped taking care of things for other people that they were capable of taking care of on their own because my doing and achieving and not stepping back wasn't just about doing for me. It was taking care of your problems too. Mm-hmm. Because again, I got fulfillment out of that. So it just, it, it, it caused a lot of anxiety, no, a lot of sickness. Yeah, it's power. I mean, it's powerful stuff. The way, I mean, you, you and I have talked a lot about this, that the way that we think about these things impacts then how we show up. Yep. And so how we think about what it even means to lead, what that word even means, you know, impacts the way we show up. And so if the way you think about what it means to lead is that you're supposed to be the person on the top that barks out orders and tells everybody what to do, then that's the way you'll enter every room. And if what you think it means to lead is to be the hero, then that's the way you'll enter every room. But if you, if you actually flip that paradigm upside down and the way you think that it means to lead is actually to serve mm-hmm. and to and to put people in positions that can be successful and to build people up and to be a part of something greater than you then that's the way you show up and that's the way you enter every room so the way we think about it frames the experience we end up having yeah and i'm reminded you and i met because you mentioned our conversations. We've had more than I can count at this point over the years. Yeah. I can't remember if it was 2014 or 15, but it was one of those two years I met. So You'd be a better historian you. on that than I would. Yeah, I and you had not yet come out with Thermostat Cultures, which is your current yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but you had the step back from the baggage claim that was out. And we had gotten connected through someone who we knew mutually and... Long story short, we just decided to start meeting. I don't know if it was monthly or every other month. We just started getting together just to yeah. have conversations. Yeah, that's right. And it was such a respite for someone like me when every work conversation besides that, sans maybe a couple others in a given six-month period, always you always are like, is there an end game here? Is there a result? What's the outcome? What's the outcome? And right. I never felt like that with you. I always felt like... Um, we're just there to have conversations and to learn. And and I have learned and continue to learn. And so I'm curious because since <laughs> there, then, there, here's the secret. There was no agenda. There was no agenda. You, you, was, I, like, you know, fortunately, and you and and to your credit too, you kept you kept reaching out and, and then I would say, yes, let's get together and we would keep this thing going. But the, from my end of it, there was no agenda whatsoever. Oh, and I that know was that. The, that was the beauty of it, is is to to sit and have a cup of coffee. And to just listen and and be with each other and and to talk about these kinds of things. Should we cue some like nice music? Yeah, like get get Enya going <laughs> or somebody cue Enya. This is no, I. But I guess I want you to know how much I appreciate that because I never felt like there was an agenda. And so many <laughs> times <was> a- <laughs> when people reach out to meet with someone, yeah, right, and, you know, right. that's either the head of an organization or whatever, they want something from you. Yeah. And I get that. That yeah. I'm not necessarily criticizing that, but it was just it's just nice to to have friends in your life where it's not about that at all. No doubt. In that time frame though, you then developed Thermostar Cultures, which is yeah. your most recent book. Uh-huh. So what caused you to go that direction with your work? What what happened along the line? Yeah, so uh, you know, a lot <laughs> for one, a lot, but from this, uh, this connection of what I started to notice everybody was asking, which every audience, every group on the planet, when you speak, what they are thinking about is what does this mean for me? 
And so every audience and every person was personalizing and say, what does this mean? And so the natural progression was, what does this mean for me as a leader, me as a human? How do I develop? And so leadership development, which was my background too. So that, that was a really natural thing. But what I started to also watch is that people were making the next natural progression, which they were asking and looking around at the people around them on their team and in their organization. And they were, they were saying, what does this mean for us? And not just what we do, but how we show up to our work every every day and the culture that we create. And it just so happens that not only does this stuff really interest me and that I think about this all the time, but that's just also the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. That The way I think is how do we as individuals lead and develop? And then what impact do we have on the culture of the people that we come together every single day to execute whatever strategy is that you have? I just have a fundamental belief that the very best in the world at whatever, the very best at making ice cream, selling coffee, a football team, a little league soccer team, a you know, nonprofit organization of any kind are best when they are aligned and developing as individuals and then are clear on what is not just what they do, but how they do it as a culture. And so this idea of thermostat cultures and how do we switch out of this kind of reactive ther- thermometer kind of thinking, mm-hmm. which so many leaders, teams, and organizations get stuck in, and then move ourselves proactively to, well, what is the culture that we want to create? And so as a thermostat, what is that temperature we're trying to set? What are we proactively aiming for and trying to do together? Not just what we do, but how we do it. How do we do this with intention? That's right. All right, because leaders, especially the ones that I get to coach, mm-hmm. what I find the issues that they like to process in coaching are often the fires that they're trying to put out. And they move from one crisis to another. Mm-hmm. And they clearly, at least initially, before we start really working together, it's very obvious that it's almost like they're in a constant state of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Mm. Like I just dealt with this problem and here's the next crisis, here's the next crisis. So they have a belief system and it's a limited belief system that tells them they don't, they don't have space to set the thermostat. They don't have space to create the culture because they're constantly trying to fix problems. That's right. I, I hear it all the time, teams and organizations that are saying, no, 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 but yeah, all I do is put out fires all day long. And so I am always in reactionary mode. Part of that is that, that yes, I understand that that's a reality of the world that we always, all of us, life happens. We have things around us that are happening all the time, but the best research would prove this and my own anecdotal work with teams and organizations across the country and around the world would tell me this too. of the time, the organizations that make time to step back and proactively say, not what is the culture that we had yesterday, but what is the culture that we desire for tomorrow? And what is it that, can we articulate it? You know, in my book, I talk about the the process that, because most normal humans don't think about what is the process that we go through to lead change. Right. (laughs) And so what is change theory? Most people don't sit around saying, oh, I wonder what that is. But there's a... it all follows the same pattern. And so mm-hmm. are we proactive about saying, what is it we want out the windshield rather than the rear view mirror of our organization? 
So what do we what do we want for tomorrow? What do we want for next year, five years, ten years from now? And then are we going to be disciplined enough and courageous enough and relentless enough to say, okay, then how do we get clear on the behaviors and the actions and the leadership that it requires to set that temperature so that that's the culture we become? Yeah, because so this one gentleman I was coaching came to me with this, a similar excuse around, well, I I just always have people in my office and I can't do this and I can't do that. I said, I want you to think about every scenario that was brought into your office just in the last five working days. How many of those situations were actual, like the building is going to burn down, (laughs) we're going to go under financially, like how many of them were actual emergencies, right? And how many were there? None. Of course. He said none of them were. He goes, in fact, if I think about the last year, I've only had one that was that serious. And so we talked about, okay, now what are your choices around how you're using your time with your quote unquote open door policy? And I won't get into the specifics because it's not important. But the the thing is, I, I strongly suspect, and for me too, this is anecdotal. I strongly suspect that what a lot of leaders are calling emergencies that they feel they have to deal with right now really are not, and it comes down to what you just said. What choice do you want to make for the future for this organization? Yeah. And what, do you, and what, what are you going to choose? No doubt. And, and, and by all means, there's no judgment on the person that's coming into your office or the person that exactly. is having that experience in, in your organization. Again, a lot of times it is culturally meaning bigger than just your organizational culture. It's culturally the world. Again, we've bought into this idea that the faster I run the fur- is the further I get, that if I'm busy running around, and sometimes we've come to honor this kind of mm-hmm. thinking. It's rewarded. It's rewarded yeah. that if I'm a hot mess and I run around because I have so <laughs> much going on and I, you couldn't believe and oh my gosh, and then we're dramatic about everything that happens every day. And yet the reality is if we stop and take a deep breath and step back, we start to realize that actually, no, that thing that we're getting dramatic about is not an urgent situation. Exactly. And in fact, the narrative we're telling ourselves is not necessarily true. Yeah. And oh, by the way, we're not uh, as busy and important and, fr- you know, frenetic as we need. Like, we don't need to do that. Yeah. There's more important work for us to do. And so then, so it's it's not... I don't say that at a judgment that anybody that comes into the room, but what we we've lived into that pattern. So the best, the healthiest teams and cultures are the ones that are realizing that we need to kind of change the way that we move and how we think, act, and interact. That's how culture is shaped by every day by the way we think, act, and interact. So we have to to reprogram. Well, what is it we want? And that takes time. It's not a quick fix. I find that's one of the hardest answers for individuals and teams to come up with. What, what, what do piece you want? Of a, oh, what do you want? What yeah. do you want? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That concludes episode 31. This is actually a two-part podcast. So we're going to talk to Jason again on the next episode in a couple weeks on episode 32. So you want to make sure to tune in with that. But just a reminder, Leadership Forum, April 29th from 9 to 11 a.m. It's a free event. And here's what you need to do. Just visit RelayLeadership.com slash LF2020. That's Lima Foxtrot 2020. I'm so glad I remembered that. 
Relay Leadership, R-E-L-A Leadership.com slash LF2020. What you're going to find there is a link for you to sign up. All we're asking you for is your first name, last name, and email address. What's going to happen when you do that is once we get the simulcast all set up, you will be sent a link to join the simulcast. That's it. Again, it's a free event. Feel free to share that with others. That's all you need to do. So until next time, we'll see you in episode 32 where we talk to Jason once again. Take care.